If you have ever wanted to get more publicity around your business, this episode is for you. I'm giving you a little behind the scenes of what happens once in a while inside the Roadpreneur community, where I often will bring in guest experts to share their expertise with you so that you can really grow your business and expand how you're reaching your customers and how you're actually growing from the road. So this particular episode is all about PR, and I'm bringing in my good friend Stephanie Burns from The Wild Agency. She is phenomenal, and this girl has all the street cred to back everything that she teaches. I absolutely loved this session with her. It was such a fun one to record. And also you're going to walk away with some really juicy tips. So get a pen and paper, make sure you're curled up somewhere with a cup of coffee, pop the earbud in at the campsite and listen in because she is going to fill you in on some really strong ideas for how to grow your business from the road by leveraging public relations. Let's do it. Welcome to the Roadpreneur Podcast. It's here where I show you how to blend entrepreneurship with exploration, camping with more cash, and the RV lifestyle with recurring revenue that'll let you go off-grid more often. I'm your host, Kimberly Crossland, and for a decade, I've helped hundreds of businesses get off the ground and grow, but I've always been behind the scenes. Now, I'm bringing those strategies, marketing ideas, and copywriting expertise to the forefront through this podcast. The tips and the strategies that you're going to learn are designed specifically for the RV lifestyle. So if that's you, let's dive in. Well, Stephanie, (laughs) I kind of like halfway introduced you in the Facebook group, but you do a much better job of sharing your story. So I'm going to just let you do that. But I'm so excited for you to be here because I have known you for a long time. We've connected in a Facebook group and we've just kind of gotten to know each other throughout our own business journeys. And now you're, you have this new agency that sounds so awesome. You have amazing workshops. I know because I've attended them. Yeah. Or actually I watched the replay. I had to watch oh, the good. replay. I'm glad but you watched it. <laughs> I did. I watched the replay. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. And I, I just learned so much from you and your wealth of knowledge. So I'll let you share a little bit more about who you are and then also all the tips that you have for us. Yes. So thanks so much for having me today. I'm really excited to chat with your group. Um, I'm Stephanie Burns. I'm the founder of The Wild Agency. And today we are going to be talking about pitching media. A little background about me is I used to have a company called She CEO, and it was a web-based resource for female entrepreneurs and, you know, showing women how to, you know, get their EIN or set up their LLC or some, you know, things like that. And I started that back in 2010 after I won some money on the Wheel of Fortune. And I used my game show winnings to get that business started. The business model for that was kind of like the daily candy, daily worth business model. If you guys ever remember that from a decade plus ago, and that was selling advertising on your newsletter. So the really big goal was to get your email list as big as possible. When Facebook advertising really came on the scene in a big way, it obliterated our old business model, but the information was still really relevant. And the, uh, you know, our email list had gotten up to like 120,000 female entrepreneurs by that point. And through that, I learned a lot about pitching the media. I'd never had a PR agent. I never had an agency or a publicist or anything like that. And we were able to secure some really amazing media just through sheer tenacity reaching out and doing it on our own. During my time 
writing or working with Chic CEO, my business partner and I at the time were asked to become contributors to Forbes. So Forbes Women. So I wrote for Forbes Women for about nine years. And up up until about a little before the pandemic, I would say, um, I was writing a ton for Forbes. I had shut down Chic CEO, had two little babies, and I was pretty much just writing. And it was great. Um, And I was publishing upwards of 20 to 21, 22 times a month at that point. And writing for them was amazing because I was able to make money based upon my page views. And so what I did was busted my butt in writing all my articles and I posted them right at the beginning of the month and then spent the rest of the month getting visibility to my column um, so that I could make a decent paycheck and, you know, not really do a whole lot more. which was so great um, since my kids are so little. Uh, And so once I was able to do that, I learned a lot on getting traffic and visibility and really getting eyeballs to my work. And so from there, what I've done is translated all of that into an agency, the wild agency. And we essentially help company founders get their personal brands out into the world give visibility and amplification to their work and what they do uh, via their personal brand. So that's what I'm doing now. I help consult companies on bringing their PR internal as well and how to pitch the media and using a lot of the principles that we're going to be talking about today. I love that. Can I just jump in really fast and say, I think one of these key points that you said, and I just kind of want to highlight it is It was nice to be able to take a breath. And when you had kids, just write, quote unquote, just write, because you were writing a lot and you were doing a lot more than just writing, which I know we're going to hear more about. But I think that that's so important because so often we're, we have this idea of success is like crazy big and you have to work yourself into, you know, into the ground. And it's just not the case. It's just not the case at all. And so being able to say, you know, this is what I need right now. This feels really good and I'm making good money. So I'm not sad about that. It's such a gift. And I just don't think we realize that very often. So I wanted to just emphasize that in your story because I think it's really important. Yeah. And I I appreciate you bringing that up because once the pandemic hit, I felt so grateful. So, so, so grateful that I was working for myself, that, you know, I was able to get my writing done in the, in the, in between times. I still had two days of childcare. My mom lives here. And so she would watch them two days a week for me. And so essentially it was, you know, working two days a week and just home with my kids, which was crazy. Let's, let's be honest. That's nuts. But, you know, I felt like I had a choice and I, I felt very grateful that, that I did. So yeah, it was, it was a long time coming, you know, through my whole career to, to lead up to being able to have that kind of a schedule, but it really, it really was a perfect opportunity. And and I'm very grateful for it. Absolutely. I love it. So first of all, what we're going to be talking about today, why we're here, what we're going to be covering, who am I, uh, my personal approach to visibility. And then we're going to jump into kind of the the meat and potatoes of who you're pitching story angles and promotion and then uh, Q and a. So why are we here? Well, 
you know, I'm a visibility strategist, I'm a visibility agency, and obscurity is the enemy. We are here to slay the beast of obscurity. So nobody can do business with you if they haven't heard of you, obviously. When I think about visibility, it's a one-to-many play, right? We can cold call or we can reach out and talk to people one-on-one, but when we're really specifically talking about our visibility, it's used to make sure that we are communicating in a one-to-many way. And then, you know, we're also here to learn how are we going to get noticed. Being featured in the media, um, it takes a lot of time and effort. So if you have these best practices up front, it's going to be a lot easier for you to get featured and get a yes. So what we're going to be covering today is first, how to pitch, the the research that you need to do, the mindset that we need to tackle. Um, We're going to go into uh, angle ideas and approaches and then promotion. So how you plan to promote your piece. And, and that's a really big, that, that's the thing that people don't realize that they need to be doing. So we'll be talking about that a lot later on in the presentation. So who am I? Um, again, I'm Stephanie Burns. I have 20 years experience uh, working with the media, including pitching the media for myself, as well as being a journalist and being pitched. I'm a contributor and I've been featured. In the last three years of writing for Forbes, I've amassed over 16 million page views to my column. And that was using all of the visibility techniques that I have in my arsenal from social media to contributing other places to my own PR. And so I believe that a strong visibility strategy is essential if you want to have a successful business or be able to do a little less and make a little more, um, if you will. That's uh, having a good, good personal brand strategy and quite visible will aid you in that. My approach to visibility is simply about legacy. Some people's it's about vanity metrics, sales, those kinds of things. While I think that's important, of course, it's really about legacy and what you want to be known for. And when I work with my clients, the first thing that we tackle is answering that question. What do you want to be known for? And it's a very difficult question to answer. If you actually sat down and thought about it, it's a very difficult question to answer. And that came up for me with my own business coach and trying to figure out what was my purpose? What do I want to do with my work? And it all came down to it's my, I've always felt that my purpose was to help female entrepreneurs, to help women start businesses. And when I dug into that even further, it's really about helping women establish a legacy for themselves generationally, financially, creatively, spiritually, however they want to leave their mark and just so happened the vehicle for me was female entrepreneurship. So it's kind of fun to have this new iteration of my career in visibility because it really does tie back to that purpose of legacy. So again, what do you want to be known for? That's my whole approach. Everything hinges on the question. You're the answer to that question. And so when I talk about visibility, what I'm talking about is these essential, these levels here. The bottom is audience building, building your own audience using social, you know, your own, your owned media, like your blog and your podcast and your book and those kinds of things. The second level up from that is contributing and other people's audiences. So giving presentations like I'm doing to you now, this will up my visibility. Now we all know each other, right? And then contributing to other news outlets. So a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize that they can contribute to other outlets. You don't have to just write for your own blog. 
if even if you're writing on medium, I, I highly recommend doing that because there's so many eyeballs there. And then PR right there, it's tippy top, right? That's kind of like the, the cherry on the top. It's what we're all aspiring to, but that's kind of also rests upon this other visibility work that you need to be doing. So when I talk about audience building and social media, I think of it with complete automation, right? Complete automation. You can set this up, let it run, and this will create a foundation of visibility where you are showing up in front of your target audience all the time. They're seeing your name. They're seeing your stuff. They know the intent of what you're talking about in your narrative. This is something that you can completely automate, and I very much recommend that you do. And then contributing and other people's audiences, this is more of a batching, you know, setting aside time to really create your content, to pitch like, you know, for a column or to pitch people for a presentation. So creating one presentation, say like this one, and then pitching it out. Um, and then PR, it takes a lot of focus, time, and attention. This is something that you need to do custom. You shouldn't be blasting out press releases. That doesn't work. So you can kind of see how, <laughs> where our effort can lie in terms of what, what we need to do here. So let's just dig into PR. So some misconceptions about PR is that you're going to be inundated with customers and you will be inundated with traffic probably, but you need to make sure that you can handle that. So you don't want to just go out and get PR and not have any way to capture leads that are coming to your site or, you know, if your e-commerce, can they buy from you right away? Those kinds of things. When Sheik's EO was only six months old, if you will, we were named as one of the top 10 entrepreneurial websites for women by Forbes. This was before I wrote for them. And it was a huge deal for us, obviously. And we had no idea how to leverage that. No idea. And it was a, a pretty big missed opportunity in my mind. It gave us a lot of credibility, of course. It was very helpful for our authority, but you know, I didn't I didn't feel like at that moment our website was ready to handle the influx of people. The second misconception is now you're just Can I ask really fast? I'm sorry. I'm just curious. What made you feel like it wasn't ready to handle that? I didn't think that we had enough things on our site that captured the traffic. You know, we had an opt-in, but I don't feel like it was a, like, it was like a sign up for our newsletter opt-in. Remember when those were big back in 2010? (laughs) So (laughs) that, that's kind of, or 2011, I guess it was. No, 2010. Anyway, we didn't have like a, you know, a business plan template or, or something like that, where somebody could put their email address and get something back. It was just sign up for our newsletter. It just wasn't that sticky, you know? And so we didn't realize that this opportunity was going to hit us, this piece of media. So had we known that and prepared, you know, it could have been a different story, but it did teach us a really good lesson. So, you know, the second is is PR is not a marketing machine. You're not going to put a dollar in and take a dollar out. Okay. So it's really about your awareness and your credibility. You know, you can't really expect miracles in that way. And then that they'll, they'll promote your piece. They won't. <laughs> Every big major publication is thinking about the next day's news, the next day's 
compelling story or whatever, and whatever just happened with your story, it's over and done with. And so that's why when we go back here, this is super important because these up here can just be pops of awareness and visibility. And then if you have nothing to hold that, you know, nothing for those people to come back to down here, it's a missed opportunity in my mind. Okay. So some of the benefits of PR, okay, of course, it's a high visibility opportunity, right? Big audiences, relevant readers. Your authority skyrockets, of course. When you've got a really cool logo bar, it looks like you're doing cool stuff, right? So it boosts your authority and your credibility. And then it's something that you can leverage later on down the line for sales, speaking gigs, programs, collaborations, all that stuff. So PR is at the top of this because it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Of course, you're not going to get a PR hit every single day. And if you are, it's probably because you've just cheated on your Victoria's Secret model wife with an Instagram model or something like that. So, you know, it's that. (laughs) (laughs) So getting PR every day isn't going to happen. And so you don't want to miss out on being visible in other ways. So remember that PRs takes time. It takes a lot of effort and time, but it absolutely can be done and it can be done by you, but do not wait for PR again, because it takes a lot of time and effort. Okay. And PR pro tip, amp your visibility before you start trying to secure media because you will get an easier yes. Right now, I have a client who for months, we've been pitching, 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 pitching. He's got a seven-figure software business. He's a fascinating person. But this has been missing. And so when the PR people go and look at his Instagram or go and look at you know his other socials and things like that, it's, it's crickets over there. So he doesn't look like the big deal that he actually is. So if you want an easier yes, make sure you've got that dialed in. Okay, so the first thing that we're going to talk about is researching who you're pitching. Are you pitching a contributor or are you pitching a staff writer? And this is really important. Staff writers are employed by the publication. Contributors are contract workers who lend their expertise or their um, opinions to a publication. And there's lots of different publications that have a contributor network along with their staff writers. Forbes being one of them, Entrepreneur, Newsweek um, is doing them, Business Insider. So you need to know who you're pitching. Is it a contributor or a staff writer? And the reason that's important is because they have different goals. So know which one you're pitching, first of all. The different goals that they have is a staff writer's always, staff writers on staff. They're always looking for a story. And what they're probably looking for is something that's very timely, very quick, and has, you know, some sort of a breaking news angle. A contributor is somebody who can write more on an evergreen topic, a full feature of an entrepreneur, you know, something that a tips or how-to piece, but that's not typically what a staff writer is mostly going to be writing about. The thing to remember, too, is that a contributor is typically a business owner or has another job or or things like that. So when you're pitching a staff writer, time is of the essence for them. For a contributor, that's not the case. So just using me for an example, I have a business, 
right? So my Forbes column why, doesn't make any money, barely makes any money anymore. So well, I don't write for them anymore, but during the pandemic, they cut our pay by like 80%. So, you know, I started getting clients back and getting my, you know, finally got my agency started and that takes up a lot of my time. So when you're pitching a contributor, you got to remember that my full-time job is not writing for Forbes and it's not writing for entrepreneur. My full-time job isn't writing for Lifehack or today, like I do. My full-time job is my, my business. So you have to come in and bring that contributor as much as you can when you are trying to pitch them. You can't just pitch them something, a one-off and think that you're going to get a yes from them. And then you want to start the relationship. So what I mean by that is go and follow your, you know, the person that you want to pitch. Show up in their spaces, follow them on, on Twitter, connect with them on LinkedIn, and really just start to dig in into their topic, into their stuff, and show up in their spaces. So I kind of want to show you. I got these really sweet notes, terrific spotlight article on Laura Sprinkle. I had the pleasure of working with her. So this person sent me a note, I think on Instagram and this person, I loved your podcast with Lori Harder yesterday. Thank you so much. You know, these matter to writers. We, we like this. We like to know that somebody's listening to what we're saying or reading what we're writing. So show up in there. I call it stalking with excellence. Show up in their spaces interact with their work, tell them you learned something or you appreciated something or you liked it or you didn't. I've had that too. You know, <laughs> people <laughs> come in and tell me how much they hated what I had to say. Okay. Um, but this is, you know, I call this stocking with excellence. Show up in their spaces, say hello, tell them what you, what you enjoyed about their work and then share and contribute value. And what I mean by that this woman, this is a really great example. She went through one of my pieces and then wrote her own commentary about it. It was awesome. It was so cool. I was like, I got to read, you know, her take on my, my piece. I had this piece called writing an operations manual on yourself because I had met somebody that wrote an operations manual on himself for his staff so that they knew how to work with him better. I thought it was brilliant. So I wrote a piece about it. Well, and she thought it was brilliant. She added in her own brilliance. And so it was really cool to, to see her do this. And I thought this was so great. We notice, journalists notice this. So do this. If you read a piece that you think is great, write your commentary, tag that person, start a discussion. Here's another one on, on Twitter. This woman, you know, shared a piece of mine and she was, you know, tagged a couple other people. And so, so I see this stuff, right? So all journalists, we see this stuff and it matters to us. So show up in their spaces, share their work, contribute value to the thoughts. And after a while, we will recognize your name. We will start to notice you. Okay. I hope, I hope all that made sense. Can I ask a quick question though, Absolutely, just to yeah. jump in? Does PR here mean that this is getting a story in the media, right? Getting featured in the media. That's our primary goal when we talk about PR, right? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure that we're clear. Yeah. But all of this, this, like this angle approach that we're just about to go through, I believe that you can use this, this whole framework right here for when you're pitching podcasts as well, or any other thing where you're asking to get in some, in front of somebody else's audience. Okay, good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about angles, 
and everybody knows what an angle is, right? It's the angle of, of the pitch that we're sending to the journalist. The most important thing to remember is that you're not a marketer at this moment. You need to be a teacher and you need to have a teacher's mindset. So put away your marketer hat because getting press is not a marketing play at all. And what I mean by teacher mindset is that you need to come in with the mindset of providing value and teaching something. That is one of the best ways to get press is by providing value in what you're, you're pitching. So it's not ever going to be about, I did this. I'm so cool. This is what my company's doing. We just launched this. We just secured this funding. No one cares. No one cares. And just me saying that just those few lines, you were probably like, you know, that's what journalists do to you too. If you come into my inbox, you're like, I'm the best and I did this. Don't care. Don't care. I don't. We all have a really cool story. We do, but it it's, that's absolutely not what it's about. It's not marketing. Okay. It's press. So when you come with just your backstory, it's just not going to cut it. And what I mean by that is like, I did this really cool thing. You should know about it and write about me. Uh, again, we've all done really cool things. All of us. So unless it's, you know, unless you're Richard Branson or Jeff Bezos or whatever, you're, through, you know, sending somebody up into the space, like, I don't, it's, it's just not going to cut it, especially for top tier media. It's just not, I got this in, on Instagram not too long ago. I have a very unique story as an entrepreneur and would like to share it with your public, share it with you for publication. I'm sure you and the press would find it quite intriguing, but also use it as motivation. Don't care. Like I don't. Check. No. So don't do this. Do not do this. This is such a waste of time. Her time, my time, the reader's time. No, no. Here's why it's important to determine contributor versus staff writer. Do you think that day-to-day running my business, that I have time to connect with this person right here and be like, tell me all about it. Just tell me. I don't. I get 50 plus pitches a day, a day. So if I did that every day, are you serious? No, not going to work. A better way for her to do this would be like, I did this in my business. Here are three things I learned, blah, blah, blah. That would even be a better pitch than this. Like, no. Okay. So when you're thinking about that, I call this the win-win-win. It's a win for you. It's a win for the publication. It's a win for the journalist. And by publication, I really mean the readers. Okay. It's a win for you in that you get to talk about your business. It's a win for the journalist because it is a compelling story that brings readers back to their work. And it's a win for the reader because they have something of value that they can take away. If your pitch doesn't say a win-win-win to all three of those things, it is a losing pitch. It cannot be all about you because that's a win for the reader and a win for the journalist. It cannot be all about the reader because then that's a win for, or that's a lose for you either too, right? So make sure that you can fold in your business in a way that's not salesy or overly promotional, but that the reader 
can have something that they can take away. And that is the most important thing that you need to know in order to get a journalist to say yes to you. Everything that they write about is through the lens of how is my reader going to take value from this? Otherwise, like, what's the point? It's just a boring piece of writing that nobody's going to read. And what do journalists want? They want people to come back to their column and read it. Okay. So it needs to be a win for everybody. And what can the reader learn? I feel like I'm beating that dead horse, but seriously, what can the reader learn from you? What valuable lesson can you teach them? Okay. So a quick recap, relationships, stock with excellence, thoughtful contributions, and sharing is caring, and then be the teacher. Again, no one cares what you've done. They only care about what they can learn from what you've done. Okay. So even if it's, I did this really cool thing and I can tell you the three ways I did it. Okay. Cool. That's that's even that's even better because what am I what do I care when I read your piece? What I can extract from it and put into my own life and business. Okay. I want to go through some angle ideas for you so that you can kind of get a sense of, of what you know what you can do with this new lens of pitching um, through the teacher's lens, of course, is watch the calendar. We all know the holidays are coming up, right? Back to school, holidays, and then we're gonna hit New Year's, then we're gonna hit you know, Valentine's and all the things. And then of course, ending of school and summer and we know what's coming up. So how can you parlay any of that into your pitches? Because journalists will be looking for things that are relevant to that, you know, time of year that we are in. And one of the things that we do here in the Roadpreneur community is I give a marketing calendar every single year, but this doesn't have to just be about a social media post. It can be what kind of a pitch can I do that's related to back to school? Like five tips for how to, whatever you want to give. But yeah, so use that marketing calendar. Just yeah. wanted to chime that in. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Localize a national topic. This is a really good hack that I don't think people do enough. If there's something going on in the national media that you can localize down to your local market, do it. If, you know, there's, okay, let's just bring up the Adam Levine thing again. If you're a relationship coach that lives in Bentonville, Arkansas, you could call up the local radio station and say, I'm a relationship coach. I know the Adam Levine thing is really hot here. I have, you know, five tips on what to do if you found out your spouse is cheating on you and pitch it to the local morning radio show. And they might bring you on and talk about it. You could be a, a real estate agent and you call up your local TV station and say, hey, I've got you know some tips on what to do as the housing market cools down. You know, just take a great big topic, localize it down to your market, and then pitch your local media. And getting local media is a really, really great way to parlay into top-tier media because then you've got practice, you've got, you know, some uh, airtime, you've got some B-roll got some proof that you can show up on camera and not like freeze, you know, and then how to pieces. Everybody loves a how to piece. I mean, they're pretty much the most clicked on articles ever, right? How to pieces. What can you teach? What how to's can you teach? And it doesn't always have to be exactly about what your work is, like the core of your work. Think about everything else you can do. You're a business owner, which means you have 
you have expertise in all the other areas of your business too. So, you know, don't feel like you need to be just cornered or, you know, encapsulated into the, the part of what you do or that your company serves or the widgets you make. It could be about anything. I'll give you a good example of this. I was giving a presentation a couple of years ago. There was a woman who told me she had a seven figure business doing dog sled tours in Alaska. I mean, what? And that sounds amazing. Like, I know. And she, I was like seven figures a year doing. She's like, yeah. And she's like, but I don't think people are really interested about dog sledding. I'm like, no, no. They're interested in how you built a seven figure business in Alaska. Dog sledding. What? Like that is fascinating. So, you know, how I got to seven figures living, you know, in remote Alaska. I mean, I would read that. So don't feel like you have to just talk about the work you do, but there's so much around it that, that you can teach. And then feel free to get vulnerable. Everybody loves to read vulnerable pieces as well. What did you learn? So maybe it's not what you can teach either, but it could be what can you learn so that I can take away your learnings as well. Okay. And then a cool story, you know, I won money on the wheel of fortune and that's how I started my business. So what are the takeaways? The takeaways are that I learned very quickly that I don't have to go the traditional route to fund my business ever. I don't ever have to, if I come across an obstacle, I, I know there's a million different ways to get to the grocery store, right? I can go this way. I can go that way. I can go around the block. I can take a helicopter. I can use a pogo stick. I can run. I can walk. I can bike. Like I know all the different ways that I can get to the grocery store. Just because there's a road sign that says blocked here doesn't mean I can't go another way. Right. And so that, that right there was some of the takeaways that I took from that. So, you know, imparting that kind of thing. And then rags to riches, of course, everybody wants the rags to riches story, but what are the steps? That's why they're reading the story. They're not reading the story so they can go, Oh, you're so great. No, they're reading the steps to say, how can I be also a rags to riches story? Tell me how you did it. Okay. And then the trends, what can we expect? People love future casting and trend work. So these are some angles that you can come up with when you're, when you're pitching the media. Can I jump in on a quick question yeah. for that last one? So mm -hmm. for the trends, this is something, so I follow the RV industry news so closely, but that's not my data. I didn't go out and I didn't get that data, but I have this, like I have um, facts and figure. Okay. Let me just tell you a pitch that I've been thinking of. Sure. <laughs> I don't mean to totally derail the conversation. I want to get into this. Okay, good. So one of the things is I've been seeing this about entrepreneurs having more mental anxiety and, um, and depression specifically those two things specifically. And I thought, is there a way that I can take those stats and then tie it into the RV world? Because I bring the two worlds together. Those are not my stats though. And if I were to say, here's three reasons why I've chosen to become a roadpreneur instead of an entrepreneur. And it's very tactical. And like, here's number one is because you can have balance and here's how you get balance and you can go off grid and whatever, da, 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 da. and like have actual takeaways. Would that be relevant? Because it's not my data. So for the trend, is it like, no, it's too okay. manipulative? no, no, no. You just okay. say, Hey, the, you know, this, Research firm just released this data that says that, you know, X percent of entrepreneurs are experiencing anxiety and depression. So what I foresee because of that is that a lot of entrepreneurs are going to see the benefit of 
getting out in nature of traveling and those kinds of things or, you know, whatever that is. And here are my three tips to do that. I like that. That's better than like, yeah. I mean, I would never take that as like, I found this data. I did a bunch of research. No, I'd cite the source of course, but then, but then yeah, like tying it back in. I just didn't want it to feel like I'm. No, no, no. no, You know what I mean? It's your take on it. Okay. It's your take on it. And I think that is, I think that's great. I think that's perfect. Everybody's wondering what's upcoming. And if you have insight on that, awesome. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so here's some resources for you. Uh, Haro, I'm sure all of you have heard of Haro, help a reporter out, quoted in Source Bottle. These are all places that will send you pitches from journalists that are looking for quotes or quick sources. So this is like low-hanging fruit. You should be going through these every single day to see what you can respond to. And some of them are crazy specific. I, when I first started Chief CEO, I want to say like in month two, I was uh, in the Wall Street Journal because there was a Haro pitch that said, have you gotten your MBA, started a business and went back to work? And that's exactly what I had done. When I, when I first had launched Chic CEO, I had launched it on a Tuesday and then broke up with my boyfriend on a Thursday. We lived together. We lived together for three years. And so I moved to Arizona and, and lived with my dad for a couple months to figure out what, as I was living in San Diego, figured out what I wanted to do. And I just got a job until my friend who became my business partner was like, snap out of it. <laughs> get yourself together, get your ass back to San Diego. Let's do this thing. And that's what I did, but I I'd gotten a job for like two months. And, um, so it just turned out I was perfect for that, that article. And then I got my ass back to San Diego, but you know, I was picked. So sometimes they can be crazy specific like that, but that's okay. You get to say I'm the founder of, you know, Chic CEO. And then that's in the wall street journal. So those are some really great resources. And then resource to go local first, go local first. If you've never had media, if you haven't been featured before, you know, pitch the radio stations, pitch the TV stations, pitch your local magazines and newspapers and, and try and get featured and show up there. So you'll get a lot of practice doing that. And it's just a really great way to, um, I don't know, build your confidence, I guess. So go local first. And then resource three, do something epic and let the media know. This is kind of also known as a PR stunt. I don't really like that term so much because it sounds slimy, but a good example of this is my husband started a uh, physical therapy clinic here um, when we first moved here and he decided he wanted to break a Guinness world record. And so we organized this massive event to try and break a Guinness world record. And it was incredibly easy for me to email the TV stations and be like, Hey, we're going to be over at this park at this day and this time trying to break a Guinness world record. You know, do you want to show up? And they did all, all the stations did. So do something epic that can, you know, this was, he sponsored it by for his new PT clinic. So he got a ton of visibility to his clinic by doing this event. So do something really cool. It doesn't have to be shady or anything like that, that ties back into your company and let the media know they want to show up, especially, especially the local media. They love like feel good stories and community happenings. Okay. 
Okay. And then the third part of this is promotion. You need to be a partner in promotion. The success of your piece lies with you, not the journalist and not the publication. They don't have time to promote your piece. So this squarely needs to, to reside with you. In your pitch, let the journalist know how you plan on promoting your piece. Okay, that goes a long way in showing like, hey, I'm not just trying to, to get you to write about me for my own gain. I realize there's a gain for you. It's part of the win-win-win. Here's how I plan on promoting my piece. I'm going to send it out to my email list of 15,000. I'm going to promote it on Twitter where I've got 30,000 followers, Instagram where I've got 10 or, you know, show the numbers. Tell them how you plan on, on promoting the piece. Even if your audience is super small, we still love to know that you are willing to like hardcore push it out, try to get people to read it. That goes a long way with us. And then get creative. I once featured a woman who held a contest on her Facebook page and she was like, go read my article. You know, whoever got the best takeaway, put it down here and I'll send you my book. So I've had people run ads to their pieces. So, you know, get creative on how you can promote it, but at least tell them you're going to promote it and how, how you're going to do that. So let's recap the whole shebang here. Know who you're pitching, if it's a contributor or a staff writer. And the reason that's important is because if you're pitching a contributor, you need to bring all the pieces because they don't have time to research you. They don't have time to, you know, sit and hear your story. You need to come up with the hooks, come up with the angles, bring your headshots, your bio, you know, the bring your, you know, here are my bullet points, you know, try and bring as much as you can. And I, I say this as, as bring me the, the string and the beads and the clasps and I will make a necklace out of it. Right. So come with as much as you can, especially to a contributor because they don't have the time to allocate to story writing like a staff writer does. Um, angles, be the teacher, not the marketer, right? What can you teach? What lessons have you learned? And then promote, be a partner in promotion um, and make sure you, you put that in your pitch. And then when it's done, make sure you do it. And, you know, tag and thank the writer, make sure that you're visible in their spaces so that they see that you've done that because then that ups the likelihood they might write about you again. Yay. And that's Thank it. you so much. This was really, <laughs> really, really good. Wasn't that an awesome conversation? She has so much knowledge to share. And so I really hope that you got a lot out of it. I also really hope that you go into the show notes and click on her links and keep learning from her because I'm telling you, she knows her stuff and you will not be disappointed. I have taken part in some of her workshops. And so I know just how great they are. I know that you also walk away with some really, really tactical ways to implement everything that you've learned. And to me, that's so important. I love it when I can walk away with something and have added things on my to-do list that I know are going to move the needle. So it's not fluff. It's not anything that's going to just leave you with more questions than answers. Stephanie knows her stuff. So definitely go and take a listen to that and go and dive in with her. She absolutely has so much to share. And if you found this episode valuable, I would be so grateful if you would pass it along to someone else, another RVer, another entrepreneur who could really benefit from it. Also, if you're up for it, leave a five-star review, subscribe to the podcast. This helps me grow. And as I grow, I'm able to bring on more high quality guests, just like Stephanie, so that you can also continue to grow on your entrepreneurial journey 
grow and learn and find new ways to get out into the world, push further with your business and with your lifestyle and really explore while you earn. It's such an awesome lifestyle and I'm so grateful that you're here. And I would love to hear from you. Take a screenshot of this podcast episode and tell me, answer the question that Stephanie asked us. What do you want to be known for? Go ahead and tag me and I'd be glad to repost that on my Instagram because I love to lift up others and help you shine a light on your business. Finally, if you're up for it and want to continue to learn more, come and join me inside the Roadpreneur community. My community is where, again, I bring guests just like Stephanie and you can sit in the Zoom room and ask these questions and get answers in the moment and really be able to dive in deeper. It's also where you can connect with other Roadpreneurs, grow your business through collaborations, and of course, get the monthly copywriting and content marketing templates and the calendars that I share each and every month so that you can really thrive in this holiday season that's coming up and well beyond into 2023. I hope to see you there. Roadpreneur.com slash community. Go check those show notes for Stephanie's links. And also be sure to share this podcast with anybody else who could benefit. I'll see you next week.